Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk Today. I'm here with Tennyson. Hi. <laughs> so you're originally from Edmonton? Yes. Are your parents originally from there as well or? Um, our dad is from the east coast of Canada mm. and our mom's from the west coast of Canada. Oh, okay. I guess they met in the middle. <laughs> yeah, for work or? I don't know. I, I guess. Know the, I know the story. Oh, you actually, do? Yeah. <laughs> My dad was playing in some blues band in a bar in Edmonton. And my mom was with her best friend at the time. She was in Edmonton just because her she moved with her mom over to Edmonton. But she turned to her best friend and said, "See that drummer? <laughs> That's the man I'm gonna marry one oh day." Oh yeah, gosh. I've heard that. she manifested. <laughs> so corny. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> Are you guys like mixed race though? I feel like probably there's a lot of people asking you guys often or if we're what like mixed race, like Eurasian or mixed. No, I think we're. Aren't we like half Scandinavian or something? We're half, uh, we're half Danish. And okay. Half, like uh, English. Yeah. Yeah. Probably some other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd like to do the DNA test. <laughs> you should. It'd be just kind of yeah. boring, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but we did a show. We did our first show in Denmark recently, and we had a bunch of relatives who we've never met, like distant relatives, and they all came to the show. And they're like, so cool. hi. Like we don't know each other, but <laughs> we're kind of related. Yeah. <laughs> So your dad's a professional drummer, or is that what he does as a career, or...? He played with different artists just his whole life, but yeah, when we were born, he basically gave up everything. Oh, so wow. Do. Yeah, he basically put his life on pause like for us. full-time super dad. Wow. How about your mom? Oh, our mom sells houses. Yeah. And like, yeah. always? She was a flight attendant for like a month or something. Yeah. She was a travel agent at okay. one point too. <laughs> is she creative as well, or does she do any music? She doodles on paper when she's on the phone. That's about <laughs> the only thing I see create. But I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure she has a bigger creative spirit, but yeah, it usually just turns out to be like um, grapes. You know, like people draw she grapes. She loves drawing grapes. Really? Yeah. You know what I'm talking what about? about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, a yeah. line of five circles. That's so and cute. Then and then she, she makes us a lot of food. Oh, she is wonderful at cooking. Yeah. What does she cook? She does. She really likes Indian food. Oh, that's like cool. Like she she does like curries, basically from scratch, like with all the different spices. Wow. She's great. Yeah. What kind oh, of made me miss my mom's cooking? <laughs> I've been on tour for so long. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of music was played in the house? Oh. Ooh, um, <laughs> I have some weird memories. My dad told me once. Or actually, I I told my dad that I had this feeling like I had had a past life as a like tribal warrior or something and like just all these memories of like lights and big drums. It's like, oh no, I know what that is. I used to dance around in the dark with candles with you when you were two years old and play really loud tribal music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, our, like our parents did some crazy stuff. Like my dad was saying, all the chairs in the house, he painted patterns on the bottom 
so that if when we were babies, if we were like crawling under the chairs and we flipped over, we'd be like getting stimulated creatively. How, how did he learn like that, like parenting methods that way, like the creative methods, do you know? I don't, honestly don't know where it came from because he, he grew up like Salvation Army, like super religious family. He had to, he basically yeah, like escaped Newfoundland. <laughs> okay, Newfoundland's really nice. His but. whole family is still there, and yeah, he's kind of like the odd one out in his family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's and the only one who doesn't have like a really strong uh, Newfoundland accent. Oh. I love his stories about like us as babies. And you'd like go out at night walking, and he'd just like hold us up to stuff just to like make us look at it. Yeah. Did you realize that you had like such a creative upbringing compared to your classmates? Not until more recently. Really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know any of this stuff. And then my dad told me, I was like, wait, that that's so cool. Why did you never tell me that? We used to go around um, back alleys. I was two or three. And we'd pick up all the junk we could find, like um, oh, yeah. rusty cans and washing, uh, like washers. And then we'd take it all this, like, garbage home and make sculptures like a, out of like it. Like a basket on the bike and we would like fill it up. And did you always gravitate towards like creative subjects in school and you guys were growing up? Um, not in school. Yeah, not hated, in school. I hated that part of school. Oh really? I yeah. really liked math and science but as soon as they like gave you an art assignment it was always like ah. Well actually I, I did creative writing in my last two years of high school and I actually really enjoyed it. It was the only class that I took that was like after school. It was the only after school activity I ever did. Um, but other than that, yeah, I pretty much dropped every creative class. Oh, wow. I was doing like teacher's assistant work for like a grade one classroom. Mm -hmm. Like working with like six year olds and like uh, putting up art displays. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that. I got the same amount of credits, so. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you gravitated towards such like math and sciences subject when you had such a creative upbringing? Kind of feels like the same thing to me, especially like the music that I make. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it kind of feels like just the same. <laughs> especially math. I really liked math uh, in high school. Luke's kind of an all-around genius. <laughs> <laughs> all-around, as in very limited. Um, he likes everything, though. You like him pretty much. Mm. Like I feel like as you've grown up, you've been interested in every possible thing. How else would you describe your personality back then, growing up? Show off. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, all, that's the only reason I did so much, is just trying to show off. For, for what? I don't know. Like, for your Never. peers? Yeah, just attention. I yeah. think that's the whole reason I still do anything. I think I'm kind of a show off too, actually. That's probably how we both ended up on the <laughs> And then, back then, how do you get more into the jazz stuff? Mm. Mm. I really like Bill Evans. And that was just kind of like a find for me when I was looking for other music. And I never really got into a lot of other jazz besides that. Um, and like, yeah, especially in the music, all the jazz influence basically only comes from the Levins. <laughs> and we're going to be really surprised to hear that, I think. <laughs> and what age was it that you started picking up jazz? I'm 10 and 12 maybe, or 9 and 11? Yeah. The way my dad wanted me to learn drums was he wanted me basically to have as broad a skill set as possible. So I remember we went to we went on like a family trip to Cuba. It was like our first family holiday. I was like 11 years old, mm -hmm. and I did drum lessons. I did like Cuban Latin drum lessons 
in like this old like schoolhouse church place with this like drum teacher who didn't really speak English. <laughs> um, and so he, it was really fun because he couldn't really like tell me how to play things except by making sounds. And I have like really vivid memories. He was so good at making sounds. He'd be like, doo, 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 doo. like he's just like so <laughs> like animated about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess I was doing that and I was doing jazz and I was learning like double kick. Like, pretty much yeah. as, as much as I could take in, I think that was his idea for me. And then at what age did you start busking? Oh, we were younger. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was seven, I think, when I first went busking with Luke. <laughs> Do you remember it a lot? Like, what oh, was experience totally. like? Oh, totally. Like, I remember doing it, I, it feels like we did it probably more than we actually did it. But I feel like I used to spend like whole summers, like every day out on the street playing music. But we had this one spot that was right next to an ice cream stand. Mm -hmm. And in between sets, I would work at the ice cream stand. Oh, wow. They wouldn't like pay me, but I would like scoop ice cream oh. when I was like eight years old, yeah. like eight or nine years old. And I would like work the cash register with like probably like, a, I guess like a bunch of 15 year olds. Those are very fond summer memories. <laughs> was that your dad's idea? The busking? Yeah. Yeah. And then, how, and then you were in another like band before, right? Sort of like yeah. just us. Oh yeah. But yeah. Still us. Just playing covers. It started at yeah when we were seven and nine, learning like. What was the name for that? Luke and Tess Pretty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you have stuff like online after that? There's like little bits and scraps of stuff that I can't get rid of. <laughs> it's not like I want to like completely erase it, but it's just weird if you're searching for Tennyson and that stuff comes up. And mm -hmm. like, oh, they're not that old. <laughs> and they're playing Weezer covers. And what made you want to change the name? Um, I just started doing like electronic music as a hobby basically after school and at first I put it up online, it was called Metalogic and then yeah. I was like I don't know, 12 or 11 and then later on when I started to get a little more serious, not too serious but like it started to be a little more like my obsession, I just switched it to my middle name. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think too much about it either. I feel like if I had to come up with another name for an artist right now, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's just too much yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> well, who are you first listening to from the EDM side? Uh, definitely Bonobo is like, one of the first. Okay. But I didn't really know that it was electronic music. I thought it was just like a band. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so I still, I was like listening to Bonobo, but like telling all my friends that electronic music was crap. <laughs> <laughs> And then one day my friend like finally got me to like really listen to Apex Fan and I was like, okay, 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 this stuff is really cool, mm -hmm. but everything else is crap. <laughs> and then slowly I started to like figure out. <laughs> how did you, and then you taught yourself producing from YouTube tutorials or how? Um, no, I, I ha already had all the software because I'd been making like uh, backing tracks for oh. songs that we were playing and stuff. Yeah. So I already knew how to kind of use the program. And so the first song I made, my friend was like, uh, show me Apex Twin. I was like, dude, I can make that. I have the program and everything. Mm -hmm. And I tried to make, like, <laughs> I Did tried it sound like it? No, it was really <laughs> bad. <laughs> but I was basically trying to, like, prove to my friend that, like, electronic music is easy. And, 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 I don't know. I was like, it's just, I think I was 12 years old. Yeah. And then, like, even after that, and I, was, I got really into Boards of Canada and, like, Warp Record stuff and Square Pusher. 
I made like six or seven songs. Like the first ones were basically just trying to like impress my friend Maxwell. <laughs> Dude, okay, am I, am I Apex in yet? <laughs> Dude, this sucks, man. It's super bad. I'm like, shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then what clicked you to join? Oh, like to... I guess, well, we were already playing music together. Mm -hmm. So I guess it just seemed sort of like the natural. Well, I think like Luke's music started gaining popularity. Like, I guess you started using SoundCloud. Well, what happened is I wanted to play a show and to do my first show as Tennyson, I had to basically go around school and ask my friends <laughs> no. to come. We had these little flyers that we went to like, you know, like a copy center to make, mm -hmm. and we had hundreds of them. And I remember we handed out so many. One day I was walking through the halls and I saw one like ripped in half. No, <laughs> ouch. I think oh, there was more than like one ripped in so half. So annoyed. Well, yeah. I, I, like, I went classroom to classroom handing them out. Hey, do you like electronic music? <laughs> yeah. It's like the scene from Hot Rod where the dude's just like throwing fires oh. in people's faces. <laughs> and then what happened after after that with the SoundCloud? We played we played our first show. Yeah. In Edmonton. It was a nightmare, like the venue owner was this basically like a crook. He was like, yeah, don't worry, like the heat will be on. It's really cold right now, but we turn on the heat. It was, yeah, it was so cold. freezing in there. And, and then like two days after that show, the place disappeared and the dude disappeared. What? Like yeah. the whole thing. Even the like on news, you couldn't figure done. out what. Yeah, it was I like crazy. an art gallery. It wasn't like a music venue. We paid him like, um, I forget. We, I think we only paid him like a thousand bucks to get the room for that night. But. And then we we also like paid this kid from our school to like film a video, mm -hmm. and then we made it look Luke made it look like super professional, and I think you what you like added in like crowd noises. Well, so <laughs> we had to do everything. We had to because there was nothing in this room, so we went and we um, rented theater lights, like for <laughs> for like musicals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that above our heads were these. I forget what they're called. I Totally forgot about this. We had a, a lighting rig when we were younger. Oh wow! Oh yeah. I remember. We setting, didn't take that though. Oh, and the gel papers. The gel papers, yeah. The gel papers. <laughs> I totally forgot about that till right now. These theater lights would shoot like a focus beam of light, mm -hmm. and they were so hot. Like I remember playing and just being like, "This is dangerous because it's yeah. so." It was like basically like a death ray. That's how you combust. No way. But on the video, it looks way better than. <laughs> So all the videos look like amazing, but in person, yeah, it was like kind it of. It was a, like it was kind of a really sad event. Oh, it was just like some was random kids from our school. It's like negative thirty degrees, or I guess negative twenty-eight. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Celsius. It's close. It's still cold. It's really cold. And what was the next step you felt that gave you guys momentum? Um, I started trying to make music that other people would like. Mm -hmm. And started listening to more like recent artists. There was like One Two Three Mark and Cashmere Cat. And, oh yeah. And like kind of the whole future whatever scene. And mm -hmm. I made a couple of good songs in a row, and things just started to, like one after the other happened. Like Mr. Carmack reposted. Oh no, that would have been later. I think who was it? Ryan. Well, Ryan Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Found my music. How long into it when you guys started the duo until he found you guys? Ooh, I must have been like four years into just kind of putting stuff up online for nobody. Oh wow, so it's like surprising that he reached out. Like, yeah. Out of the blue. It's surprising that I just kept 
trying for four years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have the like perseverance now like that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's <laughs> cool to think like I wasn't really trying to do anything with it. I was just kind of mm. doing it for fun and putting it up. And if I got a comment sometimes I'd be like, oh cool, somebody <laughs> somebody commented on my song. But you weren't pitching out to blogs or anything? No, the one thing that I did do and seems pretty smart in hindsight was like uh, Vsauce had a, a channel where they shared uh, viewers art stuff and like people would submit videos in like twiddling pens oh and, like, basically <laughs> if you submitted something and it was like good enough it would end up in this compilation video mm -hmm. and so I would make little music videos for my songs and submit it to that and that's pretty much like how I got from getting no listeners to getting like a thousand oh, wow. Do you remember how like Carmack found you guys? Yeah, I posted a song called Like What? And it must have just come up oh, on his SoundCloud okay. somehow and he reposted it. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a big one for mm -hmm. me. And then how did you meet the Elsa people? Ooh, that one's a funny story. Um, I was doing a event for Red Bull. Or I wasn't doing an event. It was like um, I was invited to it was called Basecamp, which was a mini version of Ripple Music Academy in Montreal. And the photographer for the, the whole thing was Skrillex's photographer. Uh, her name's Maria. And I was playing the Seinfeld bassline one time just to make some people laugh. And she caught it on her phone and she sent it to Skrillex. And like a few minutes later, I got a DM from Skrillex. No it was way. just like fire emojis. <laughs> I guess like from that he must have checked out my music. Yeah. It and wasn't very long after that that I flew to LA and um, went straight to a studio where White C, um, Morgan, mm -hmm. and him and we just, they wanted me to play piano chords for something they were working on. Yeah. And the chords ended up being used in the song. Uh, the Stranger remix. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole story. Mm -hmm. And then you became part of their team, or was it just a one-off thing? We or did, with some releases. Yeah, we did one EP with them. The last, the second last one. And what? Um, how did it click to you the inspiration for like what? Mm, I had a weird dream. I was in a boiler room, laundromat, kind of basement, mm -hmm. horrifying place. <laughs> like pretty blank rooms, like. Um, when you stay at an Airbnb that's like really cheap and it's just like something's wrong about it. And I was like running through these hallways and the sound of washing machines were kind of going and I think somebody was chasing me but it might have just been like myself or something. <laughs> and then yeah I was just like opening all these doors and behind each door there was like just spikes from like the Matilda. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah, the, the closet Matilda. Yeah, yeah. And it's then like the some of them were something. just like black, cold air behind oh the gosh. door. And I remember when I woke up, I drew the whole map of all the hallways. I'd been running around so long in the dream that I'd memorized where oh, wow. all of the hallways and all the doors were. You have like <laughs> that's crazy to me. <laughs> you drew a map of it. <laughs> I didn't know that part of the story. <laughs> How about with Nikita? Ooh, well, uh, Fritz, who made the video, his wife works with disabled children, mm -hmm. and I think mostly deaf children, but also some blind children as well. And 
yeah, so like that was all his idea, basically, uh, mm -hmm. inspired by his wife, and she does. And how how did you find out you were opening for M83, or how did that happen? Mm. How did that happen? I forget the moment. It must. It would have just been like an email. Mm -hmm. but yeah. That was such a great tour. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you Super remember how it came about? Or just through your, like, booking? It must have been, been like just through, like, yeah, through the... The agency, yeah. The, the people that book us shows in the U.S. Mm -hmm. they, they're always trying to, like, pitch our show to the bigger acts that they're booking. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, if you guys need an opener, here's another act that I... It would have been, like, something like that, yeah. I assume. Yeah. But we got to play, like, some amazing venues. Yeah, like, huge scale. Have you played such we a big scale before? No. No. We wow. Played, we did Red Rocks. Red Rocks was Odessa. the biggest. That's insane. That was the biggest. Yeah. Like, crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, but we got to do. Is it Dodger Stadium, the one in LA? Yeah. The really cool, like outdoor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to do that with M83. Oh wow. And that was really cool. Did you have to change up your like live setup, or different? Not exactly the same. We should it have just, maybe. We should. Have. <laughs> it was weird, like. I don't know, we, we're still sort of like working out the kinks in our show now, like, and back then there were a lot more kinks. Like, everything was so professional, like, you know, M83 has like yeah. this crazy team and they all have mics and like really big boards and they're all like running around. And me and Luke were like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, every show it would be exactly the same, like watching them, like, the, the way they check the mics would sound exactly Dude, the same. Dude, it was like... Wow. The and sound check was like, you could line every single audio file from the sound check up and it would be like perfect every time. That's crazy. <laughs> and also oh like, they would do things like they would set up a coffee machine in the same place next to the stage. Like it was very meticulous. And then yeah. for us, every show was like a new adventure. Like, <laughs> like okay, this show, so these things are broken. <laughs> Actually, I think for some reason, we must have just had bad luck, but that tour we did have a lot of like technical problems. And I remember like, going to Airbnbs and Luke staying up all night on his laptop just like trying to fix things. Because mm -hmm. we just wanted to like, I don't know, we wanted to fit in. <laughs> We're professionals too. <laughs> and how long so did it take for you guys initially to figure out your live setup with the instruments and... Mm -hmm. Well, the first show we did, I feel like somehow I got 80% of the setup that way. Okay. Like yeah. it's, al it's almost mostly yeah. set up the same way as the first show, just... A little a lot bit better. Different. So it came really just, naturally, like on the drums, and like you just yeah. It's, we're st I think we're still like we're still getting to a point where it is how it should be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like it's always worked really well. The way the drum kit's set up and the way we write the songs has pretty much made for the most interesting drum parts. Like drum parts that people will come up to. They're like, I've never seen something like that. Oh wow. And it's just because it's so weird, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's fun for me to play because it's kind of like I always say like it's a little bit like a video game, like trying to like perfect a level in a video yeah. game because there's like all these <laughs> different spots. <laughs> it's like arcade game. What would you say are your inspirations for your music videos? I feel like it's really cohesive. Anyone like outside of musicians, like other artists or music videos. Videos. Well, we didn't. Uh, come up with the Crybrood video. There was a bunch of different directors that had written kind of like the beginning ideas of what of like they would do if they made the music video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the one that we ended up like going with is like the treatment 
looks so it ridiculous. So crazy. It looks so like impossible and hilarious that we're like, let's just see. We, yeah, we were looking at it and being like, well, how are they gonna do any of this? <laughs> we ended up being like, um, we were in harnesses. Oh, it was crazy on a crane. And oh then there gosh. was like kind of like a thin cable going from the harness, uh, going through a pole, and then kind of like a little like. Uh, a bolt on the end of the thing. It was so alarmingly and then, scary. And then the pole had another set of strings that went through it with little bolts. And that went up like onto the crane. 60 feet and it was just like, this is just like, there's eight points where this could break. It was, yeah. It was so scary. And like, we were up high. It's definitely the the weirdest experience I've I think had. they also did the thing at the end of the video where we like go through the eyes of a smiley face and they had like a stage with holes in it and the eyes were like flaps and we literally would like slide down and like <laughs> crouch under the stage. That's crazy. The weirdest thing is the shots they ended up getting where we we're flying through the sky they definitely could have done without having us actually that high like yeah. oh like just the you could have just like had us on top of like a chair can, and like erase the chair you or can something. actually see like in the video i wasn't like acting or anything i literally we shoot up and you can see me yelling i'm like yeah when they operate the crane it's it's like on or off so they just went like mm, and it's just like mm. <laughs> oh my gosh what's the inspiration for a different water and how does it compare to your earlier releases mm. So all of the music before this last EP um, has been kind of like me struggling to figure out how other people could possibly make music and not go crazy. Mm. Like I would spend two months on a song and like start to finish it would just kind of be like this painful process. And I decided like I would just stop making music for a while and figure out how I'm going to recalibrate so that I can enjoy it. Yeah. And ended up like, I did, whatever I did at work, I spent the summer, I would spend like only two weeks on a song and just work and work and really enjoy it. And so that, yeah, the whole EP is like the music that I really enjoyed making the whole mm -hmm. time. So. How do you see your relationship with your dad has changed over time from the music aspect? It's interesting because like everything that happens, he's kind of like one step removed. Like. At one point, he was writing lyrics for me, and oh, like, wow. you know, Setting doing everything. Up my drum <laughs> and like, and like, even before Tennyson, he was doing everything, booking us like shows and cafes. But like, yeah, when I started Tennyson, he did a lot for me. He did like, was like a huge, um, like the first full length that I did. He helped me with the theme and track tiles and stuff. And then when I got <laughs> management, he like. His, a lot of his jobs weren't his jobs anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's been kind of like him kind of having to step back and watch. And I think he still wants <laughs> to be our tour manager. He, lo he, well, he, loves the, he loves the help. Like, if I can, like, when we were building the light show, I'm like, Dad, I really need your help. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then he devotes all his time to it. Like, <laughs> wow. So, what's his role actually now? Because he still does it, like, full time for you guys, right? But you already have management. No, he he's definitely just mostly watching what's going on and like reading articles if there's articles and stuff but yeah yeah but he, he doesn't he doesn't do much now our parents came to our first show on this tour oh, in nice. vancouver and my dad was like 
like at Loden as Zanchek. <laughs> and he's like so ready to do everything for me. And I kind of had to be like, I don't need your help anymore. <laughs> it's a little bit sad. But he did, he tuned all my drums for oh, me. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, very there's sweet. like probably a bunch of things that you can do better than I can. Yeah. Probably exactly. most things, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not like pride, but it's kind of like, I'm going to try and do it first. Yeah. But I do ask him for help. Mm -hmm. It was like, I, I remember the first show they came to where like, I realized I didn't, like my dad was there and I realized he used to help me with everything and that I didn't need him to anymore. I remember being like, oh, I feel a little bit like yeah. an adult now. <laughs> How do you say your relationship has grown over time? Me and Liv? Yeah. It's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> but like in what ways as like siblings and like music partners? Hmm. I, it, yeah, it does feel like it's been the same for like yeah. <laughs> at least 10 years. <laughs> we don't, I, I mean, we hit a certain point in our childhood where we stopped fighting. <laughs> I think that's natural. You know? <laughs> no, I don't know. We still are very similar. We still like many of the same things. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's like a, a, a little bit more like of individualism like oh, okay. I have I have like if you look at well it's weird because we do everything together we're playing shows together but I feel like I have more individual memories now even though we're in a band whereas like when I was a kid I feel like I feel like I didn't do anything without you ever mm. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say have been the biggest challenges for Tennyson mm. everything's challenging <laughs> I guess I didn't have such a bad time with it but other artists, especially if you put out a really good song and mm. you have no idea how you made it, then it'll kind of like haunt you. Like, <laughs> like to follow it up? Yeah, and it's always kind of like tempting to try and do a second one the same way. Oh, yeah. But yeah, especially if you have no idea, like, how did I make this song? Yeah, that can screw you over, especially if people are like waiting for the, the second version of that song. Mm -hmm. I think touring has gotten easier, like, as in uh, like as far as challenges go I think when I started touring I was when we really started touring I was like only 17 or 18 and I was still in high school uh, or I had like just graduated and I, I, I didn't really like I don't know I couldn't really get how to do it properly like mm -hmm. I was really kind of like frazzled all the time and like misses my mom all the time <laughs> I still miss my mom all the time mm -hmm. but like it it just got easier and easier to the point where like it's all fun now yeah but that was yeah I guess yeah. what does love mean to you guys love yeah oh hmm. um. like an um, in, uh, involuntary smile hmm. <laughs> I guess it's a bit dark but there is like the uh, chemical um, <laughs> just like, well, scientifically. Like, yeah, there's a molecule for love. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of see the, the graphic for it. It's like dopamine. <laughs> we can just chart love. <laughs> Last question. What do you want Tennyson to be remembered for? I, personally, um, like a really fun show and like a really good personable experience. Like we're sort of like out in the audience and like meeting as many people as we can. And actually I did last night have someone come up and personally thank me and be like, thank you for just 
Oh, I love like, that. Being so friendly and talking to people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> but it's nice that, like, that's gonna be, like, I like that people have memories of the show where they're like, we actually got to meet mm -hmm. them and hang out with them. Yeah. For me, I'd say, like, thinking 10 years from now, mm -hmm. I'd love Tennyson to be almost like a bigger entity that's bigger than me and Tess mm. and just kind of feels like this weird expansive world and then like another 10 years I feel like it could just be like this enigma like what is this and yeah. what's going on and I have set kind of like a weird goal for myself it'd be cool if my retirement was like news like if somewhere on TV oh. the, the news of me retiring is like important to people <laughs> I love that <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. This is great. Bye. <laughs>